Okay, we're going to do a review of Kitabu Taqseer. Okay, and then I'm going to present some case studies to you and then you're going to give me the answers. Okay, inshallah. So, when it comes to shortening the prayer, Taqseerul Salah, shortening the prayer, then shortening the prayer is only in Safar. Remember this rule. You only shorten the prayer when you are traveling. You don't shorten the prayer when you're at home. Okay? Even if you're sick, or you're in a rush, right? Or you're joining the prayer because of some extreme need, right? At home, you don't shorten the prayer, ever. You shorten the prayer only, and only when? In Safar. Okay? Also remember that, uh, you shorten only the Fard prayer. Okay? It's only the Fard prayer that is to be shortened. So, Qasr Salah is for Fard. Okay. When it comes to shortening the prayer while traveling, then remember the Safar, right? Safar, the distance and duration of Safar are relative. What do I mean by that? There is a difference of opinion, huge difference of opinion, right? With respect to what is the minimum distance of the journey and what is the minimum length of the journey. Right? When it comes to distance, we learned about it, farsakh, meal, all of that. Right? When it comes to the duration, we learned about the four days or the 19 days and all of that. Right? But the bottom line is that if you consider yourself to be a traveler, you know when you're doing safar. If you're driving from one corner of the city to the other, that's not safar. But if you're leaving your city and you're driving an hour and a half away, Right? Even if you're going to come back on the same day, it is still safar. Right? Likewise, if you're traveling for four days, five days, fifteen days, you are doing safar. Right? So, to be on the safe side, yes, it's four days. Meaning, if you are staying somewhere for four days and you shorten the prayer, if you're staying for more than four days, then to be on the safe side, it's better to complete the prayer. Right? But if you consider yourself to be a musafir, you're in a state of suffer, you're jet lagged. Right? It doesn't feel like home at all. You're uncomfortable. The water tastes different and the weather is different and the people are different and everything is just so strange. Right? You know you're not home. Then in that case, you consider yourself to be a musafir. And as long as you consider yourself to be a musafir, what do you do? What do you do? You shorten the prayer. When it comes to shortening the prayer, this is an established sunnah. There is no doubt about it. Every time the Prophet ﷺ traveled, he would shorten his prayer. However, some companions, they considered shortening the prayer to be optional. Amongst them are who? Aisha radiallahu anha and Uthman radiallahu anhu. Okay. When do you begin shortening the prayer? Remember the rule that I told you earlier. When do you shorten the prayer? When you are? Traveling. Do you shorten the prayer at home? No, you don't. So this means once the journey has begun, what do you do? You shorten the prayer. Whether this means that you have just left the city, or it means that you left your city like five hours ago. Okay? Once you leave your city, then you shorten the prayer. Okay? And so for example, if a person lives in Hamilton, for instance... Right? And they're taking a flight from Pearson Airport. And they drive all the way to Pearson Airport. Can they shorten the prayer at the airport? Of course they can. 
Definitely they can. Somebody's coming from Scarborough all the way to Pearson or maybe Markham or even further away, Pickering or something like that. Can they shorten the prayer at the airport? Yes, they can. Okay? Also remember, you shorten the prayer when you're on the road. On the road or water or air. Okay? Meaning when you are moving towards your destination and also when you reach your destination. Okay? So you shorten the prayer in both of these situations. Joining the prayers. When it comes to jammer, joining the prayers, then this is something that can be done in safar and hadar. What does safar mean? Travel. What does hadar mean? You're at home. Okay? When it comes to safar, you can join your prayers. Right? Whether or not it is Convenient, inconvenient, doesn't matter. You have the allowance. It's left to your discretion. You want to join the prayers? You can do that. You don't want to join the prayers? No harm. Alright? When you're traveling. But remember that when you're traveling and there's a masjid right there, alright, where you're staying, and in case of a man, then they have to pray in congregation. Then they won't be joining their prayers. They would be praying on time in congregation. Okay. When it comes to hadar, when you're at home, in which situation can you join the prayer? In which situation? In a situation of extreme need. Extreme need. Alright? And we discussed it earlier in great detail. What is that situation where you can join the prayers? And I gave you proofs also that you can shorten the prayer in hadar. But remember that joining the prayer in hadar is not like joining the prayer in safar. Okay? When it comes to safar, you're traveling. You can join whenever. Right? Why? Situations like, okay, you're going to somebody's house, um, and then you're going to be there for a couple of hours, and then you're going to come back, or you're going for a long shopping trip. Right? So you say, okay, before we go for shopping, this is travel. Right? Before we go for shopping, let's pray Dhuhr Asr together, so that we can be back late at night, and then we'll pray Maghrib Isha. Can you do that? Cool, no problem. But can you do that at home? It's Boxing Day. Let's just pray Dhuhr Asr together. Let's go shopping. We'll come back late at night and pray Maghrib Isha together. Can you do that? La juice. Okay? You don't do that. But at home, yes, there are situations where, you know, things are beyond your control. You have a class at a certain time. You have an exam at a certain time. You have necessary commute to make at a certain time. And if you don't do that, it's going to mess up everything. And if you do that, you can't really pray on time. So instead of missing your prayer in such extreme necessary situations, what do you do? Join the prayer. Okay? All right. When it comes to joining the prayer, you join Zuhr and Asr together, and you join Maghrib and Isha together. That's it. And when it comes to joining the prayers, you can do Jamr Taqdeem, and you can do Jamr Ta'khir. What is taqdeem? That you pray in the earlier time. What is ta'khir? That you pray in the later time. Okay. When it comes to joining the prayers while traveling, then adhan and iqama may be pronounced. No harm. In fact, it is good. Where there's a group of people traveling together and they're joining the prayers, then it's best to pronounce the adhan and the iqama. Last is mu'alat is not necessary. Remember mu'alat? That you follow one prayer immediately with the next one. Meaning, for example, you're joining Maghrib and Isha while you're traveling. Hmm? You pray Maghrib, 
Do you have to get up and pray Isha right away? No. Can you go have your coffee, have your dinner, and then come back for Isha? Yes, you can. No harm. Okay, so this is with respect to joining the prayers. Now, when it comes to voluntary prayer during travel, Salatul Nafila in Safar, then remember that there is no Sunnah Ratiba in Safar. What is Sunnah Ratiba? The Sunnah prayers that are attached to the Fard prayers. Okay? Meaning those sunnah prayers that you pray either immediately before the fard prayer or immediately after the fard prayer. Okay? Like the ones in Zuhr. So there's no sunnah ratiba in Safar except for the sunnah ratiba of Fajr. Right? Okay. Can you pray voluntary prayer any other time during Safar? Yes, you can. And you can pray voluntary prayer when you're on the road facing whatever direction. Sitting with ima, with gesture. And you can also pray nafil prayer when you reach your destination. Clear? Okay. A few case studies. And don't be hasty in giving the answer. Okay? Think. You can discuss with the person sitting next to you. Alright? You're going for a day trip to a theme park. That is an hour's drive from your city. It takes an entire hour not traffic. Okay? Takes an entire hour to get there. Should you shorten your prayer? Then the I said don't be hasty. Discuss. Give me the proof. And when you're very confident about your answer with your proofs, raise your hand. I think yes. I no no not think. When you're conf- are you confident? Yes. Okay. You shorten the prayer. What's the proof? Because you're driving one hour away from your city, which means like you're out of like where your home is. Yes, very good. You're out of your city. Okay, but you're going to a theme park. You're not going to an Islamic conference. Still? Yes, okay. But you're going to come back on the same day. Still. Okay, those of you who say no, give me your dalil. Yes. You're going to a theme park, which is a, you're going there to, for amusement. Okay. We were created to worship Allah. So you pray your prayers the way they should be. Okay. What's the response to that? Assalamu alaikum. We were created to worship Allah first. In this scenario, we're going to a theme park, and it is for amusement. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created, So our salah is supposed to become first, then the theme park. Okay. Uh, what's the response to that? Yeah. yeah, I think that's right. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created you for the prayer, yes. like obeying Him. Yes. But the thing is, this is an exceptional case. This is not happening every time. And the thing is, and also, when the convenience is given to you, if you're traveling, allowance is given to you, and if you're traveling, you can do qasr, so you can take that. Okay. In all the hadith that we learned in this chapter, the Prophet never specified if you're going for amusement or if you're going for a business trip. or So if he never specified, then we shouldn't specify. Exactly. Safar is safar. Alright? Whatever the purpose of that safar is, it doesn't matter. Alright? Whether you're going for hajj, you're going for umrah, you're going to visit a relative, you're going to a theme park, you're going to a different city just for sightseeing, it doesn't matter. 
Okay? And remember that when a believer goes to a theme park also, alright? And they are, okay, getting some fun, spending time with their family, getting some ice cream and saying Bismillah and sitting and eating, alright? And then as they're going up on the ride, they're saying Allahu Akbar, and as they're coming down, they're saying Subhanallah. And then they're stopping for prayer, right? And they're wearing their hijab. You know, you are in the salati wa nusuki wa mahiyaya wa mamati lillahi rabbil alameen. That my entire life, my prayer, Salati, my prayer, my sacrifice, my entire life. Alright? Going to a theme park is not a sin. Okay? Sitting on some rides is not a sin. I mean, of course, if you go to a place and you're doing something sinful, that is a problem. Alright? But in and of itself, it's not wrong. So when it comes to suffer, you shorten the prayer because of suffer. No matter what kind of suffer it is, whatever reason it is for. Yes. Okay, good. If you want to follow the opinion of Aisha radiallahu anha, okay, and you say it's not difficult for me to complete the prayer, no harm. You can perform the full prayer. Right? But if your teenage daughter or son says, no, I want to shorten the prayer, please don't impose anything on them. All right? Don't don't do that. Don't make the deen difficult upon others or upon yourself. Anything else you'd like to say? Yes. Assalamualaikum. I had a question related to theme park. If we're at a theme park with our family and uh, we have a masjid there, we pray maghrib at the masjid. Can we pray isha with maghrib? Like join the prayer right after? Right after. If you are in the category of a musafir, yeah, no harm. You can do that. But then you hear the men, for example, they hear the adhan later of Isha and we're still... Okay, so if you are going to stay until Isha time and you're going to hear the adhan, she's talking about the Emirates, by the way, because there in the theme parks also you will hear the adhan. Yeah, and there are monsters. Right? You're on that big ride and you hear Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar. (laughs) Beautiful. So anyway, when you know you're going to be there until Isha time, okay, then in that case, you should pray in the congregation. But if you know that, no, we're just going to pray Maghrib, and after Maghrib we're going to leave very soon, then you can join your Isha and then leave. So you're going for a day trip. Day trip was the main reason why I brought this question up. Day trip. Because sometimes we think that a safar is overnight stay somewhere. But safar applies to even part of a day. You understand? Even part of a day. Okay. Next question. Again, discuss. All right. Don't be hasty. You are scheduled to arrive at the airport for a flight an hour and a half before Maghrib. You live about 45 minutes away from the airport. So Asr time will not begin until after you leave the house. You understand? So you're leaving the house. After you leave the house, then Asr time is going to begin. When you reach the airport there isn't enough time to pray Asr because you have to go through the security and whatnot. And if you get stopped for questioning all of that, if your bag is overweight, you know, like it happens with many people, you are genuinely afraid that you might miss your Asr. Before you're leaving your house, you're afraid that you're going to miss your Asr. Because you know that all the suitcases are overweight. 
And you know that your brother is always stopped for extra questioning, random, random questioning, right? You're afraid that if you pray Asr at the airport, you might not be able to find any time for that. So what are you going to do in that situation? What can you do? When you're confident about your answer, with your proofs, raise your hand. I don't think, okay, I'm sure that... No, you have to be confident. Yeah, I'm confident that okay. you will join your Asr prayer with your Zohar prayer. Because Where? you're afraid that you'll miss your Asr, so it's better to just join it instead of missing your Asr prayer. Okay. Does anybody have a response to that? If you disagree with her? So she's saying that you will pray your Asr prayer with Zohar. Hmm? Meaning you will join Asr with Zuhr at home. You will join Asr with Zuhr at home before starting your journey. That's what she's saying. Right? Do you agree with that? Okay, who doesn't agree? What's your proof? Okay, bring it here please. You haven't started your travels yet, so why would you... She's not shortening the prayer. She's joining it. You get it? She's not shortening the prayer... She's joining it. When it comes to shortening the prayer, you only do that once the safar begins. Right? When it comes to joining the prayer, can you do that at home? Out of extreme necessity? Can you? Is this a situation of extreme necessity? Yes. Because you have a flight to catch. And this is asr, which you cannot join with the prayer that will come later. Right? So there is a high chance that you might completely miss your asr. So instead of missing it, can you join it? Yes, you can. Go ahead. So when we join uh, our prayers in the case of extreme necessity, do we also join their sunnahs or sunnahs aren't prayed at that time? I mean, you're joining it, right? You can technically pray your sunnah because you're at home, you're performing the full prayer, right? You only leave the sunnah in safar. All right? That's to do with shortening the prayer. You're not shortening the prayer here. You are joining it. Okay? Now, in a situation where, we discussed this earlier, the airport is far from your house. It may be in the other city. Right? Like I gave you the example, you're going from Hamilton to Pearson. Okay? So in that situation, you know, there's a good hour and a half, hour 45 minutes between your house and the airport. Then when you reach the airport, can you shorten the prayer also? You can, because technically your suffer has begun. You understand? Technically your suffer has begun. Once you left your house, you left your city, now you're in a different city. Even though you haven't sat on the plane yet, your suffer has begun. You understand? Any question regarding this? Clear? Yes? This is why I brought this question. That joining the prayer is a different matter from shortening the prayer. Shortening the prayer is just for suffer. Once your suffer begins, until it ends, you shorten the prayer. Alright? You can if you want to. Okay? When it comes to joining the prayer, you can do that in suffer for convenience. And you can do that in hadar, in extreme necessity. Clear? Yes. Same thing? Okay. If the airport is in the same city as yours, you're just literally 20 minutes away from the airport, then in that case, again, sometimes the time for Asr is very short. 
or the time from Maghrib is very short, right? If you pray and leave, you might be late for your flight, right? And if you plan to pray at the airport, you might miss your prayer completely, right? So in that situation, you can join the prayer but not shorten it because your suffer will not begin until the plane takes off, all right? And of course, it takes off and kind of leaves your area, okay? Alright, next one. You are on your way to visit a friend who lives an hour and a half away. Okay? Then you realize it's Isha time. How should you pray Isha? If you're still in your city and the masjid is right off the highway and you decide to pray in the masjid, how should you pray your Isha? You're still in the city, you want to go to the masjid and pray Isha there. How will you pray your Isha? Secondly, if you have left the city, you're out of your city, and you decide to stop at a parking lot to pray, how will you pray your Salah then? Think, discuss. If you're going for Masjid, you have to follow the Imam. But if you are leaning, and then uh, you just left the city, then you can shorten your prayer. Good. So in the first case, where you are going to pray in the masjid, right? What are you going to do? You're going to follow the imam. Okay. What if when you reach the masjid, the imam just said, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah. Are you going to shorten the prayer? Are you going to perform the full prayer? Why full prayer? You're still in your city. Safar begins when? Once you leave your city. Alright? Okay. In the second situation, you have left the city and you decide to stop at a parking lot to pray. So what will you do here? Shorten the prayer. Clear? Okay. Traveling as their job and it's still a bit unclear if you're like a bus driver and um, you're always caught in a situation where asr is just really challenging, either it's too short or you just, you're on the road. Mm-hmm. How would you deal with that? Well, in, in that situation, you see what you can do. Find out if you could get five minutes in order to pray somewhere. And um, because the thing is, when you're in your hometown, it should not be your habit to join the prayer. Okay? But if it happens once in a while, that's different. But if it's happening every day, every day, every day, winter, summer, throughout the year, then you have to do something about it. Right? You have to find a solution. Make dua to Allah, go speak to your management, find out. I know a sister who was also a bus driver actually, she prays in her bus. She prays in her bus. Anyway, and she's faced some hate for that also. Yeah, but she got the permission from the management. She prays on the bus confidently. Alhamdulillah. Go ahead. You need to get to your friend like on time. Question, do you really have to stop and pray? In this scenario, do you really have to stop and pray? No, you don't. Because you're traveling. Okay? So technically you can pray on reaching your destination. Alright? Okay, next one. You are on a trip to attend your cousin's wedding in a different city. The wedding is scheduled in the local masjid's banquet hall immediately after Isha. You reach the masjid 
as the adhan for Isha Salah is being made. Everyone goes to the Musalla to pray. But you realize you have not prayed your Maghrib since you had intended to join it with Isha. What should you do? I will follow the order of the Salah. I'll pray my Maghrib first. Then I'll try to join Isha. Okay. Anybody has a different response? You? Go ahead. I don't agree that because I think you should follow the Imam first and then pray your Maghrib prayer. Okay. Does anybody have a response to that? Mariama? Do you still join the Shaykh but have the intention for Maghrib? No. But then he's going to pray four and you're going to pray three and you're going to make four for Maghrib and that's going to be weird. You're going to be even more confused. You break it halfway? Mm-mm. Anybody else? Yes? Okay. You pray Isha first and then Maghrib? Okay. Now the thing is, technically, you're supposed to observe the order. Okay? What I mean by that is Maghrib first, then Isha. Okay? Technically, that's what you're supposed to do. However, this obligation is no longer there in the case of a person who forgets. Okay? Like for example, you completely forgot. You know, you joined Isha prayer and you completely forgot you were supposed to pray your Maghrib. Now what are you going to do? Break your Isha and... What are you going to do? No, you're going to pray your Isha and then you're going to pray your Maghrib, right? Or in the case of a person who has the fear that the time for the current prayer will end soon. Okay? Like for example, you were going to join or let's say you fell asleep at Asr time. Okay? Right as Asr was beginning, you fell asleep. What happens? You wake up Actually, you slept before Asr began. Okay, let me make this more easier. You slept right before Asr began. You were supposed to pray Zuhur. Okay? And you just kept sleeping and sleeping, knocked out totally. Right? And then somebody comes and wakes you up, and it's literally 10 minutes until Maghrib time. You have enough time to just barely wake up, make it to the bathroom, do wudu, and come and pray. Now, if you start praying your zuhur and then asr, what's going to happen? Both gone, right? So in that situation, what can you do? Perform asr first, alright? Then maghrib, and then zuhur. Okay? So yes, you're not maintaining the order because you have a fear that you're going to miss your current prayer. And in a situation where you're afraid that you will miss the prayer in congregation. This situation. So when you get to the masjid, you pray Isha. You pray Isha in Jama'ah. After that, you do your Maghrib. Okay? So as a general rule, you have to perform the prayers in the right order. Okay? But you are exempt from that in a situation of forgetfulness. In a situation of fear that you will miss the current prayer. And in a situation of missing the jama'ah. Okay? Fear of missing the jama'ah. Clear? Is this matter clear? Any further clarification required? Yes. Okay, as a woman, you know, it's not fard on you to join the jama'ah, but come on, you're in the masjid. In the masjid. Okay? It's a different situation if, let's say, your child is in the bathroom. Right? Or you're watching all the kids... 
or you have a baby and you're nursing the baby. In a situation like that, okay, you will stay behind from the jama'ah. But you can't just be sitting, going through your phone saying, oh, I'm a woman, I'm not required to pray in jama'ah, so, you know, no, you, you're not going to do that, okay? But then you're going to miss your isha in jama'ah. And when a jama'ah is going on in a masjid, then you're supposed to perform with the jama'ah. Remember this. Because sometimes what happens is the imam starts and you're in the first rakah of your sunnah. You complete your sunnah and then join the imam in the second rakah. No, no. You're going to break your sunnah or if you can finish it really quickly, you do that and you join the jama'ah. Because when the jama'ah is going on, you perform only that prayer, not anything else. One last issue, which is a little complicated, but I, I thought it was interesting and I wanted to share with you. Okay? Which is that... Let's say you're traveling and you forget to perform a prayer. You're a human being. You're already things are messed up. You know, you completely forget to pray a certain prayer. Okay? And then you remember later, I missed my Lord completely. What are you going to do? You have to make it up, right? How will you make it up? The full prayer or the shortened prayer? You're traveling. What will you do? Shortened prayer. Okay? Shortened prayer. Because that is what you are required to pray. You understand? You are required to pray the shortened prayer, not the full prayer. So when you're making that prayer up, you will make up which one? Shortened or full? Shortened, of course. Because you missed the shortened prayer. You understand? Now there is uh, more scenarios, but inshallah, I think I'll email this to you and I want you to read it. Because uh, if I start explaining it right now, you might get more confused. So it requires time. And I think if you read it yourself, it'll be clear, inshallah. So I'll share this with you. And now I'm going to change the screen. Next, one last question. If you are traveling and it's Friday, you are traveling. Other people with you are also traveling. Okay? You shorten the prayer. And they say, we don't want to shorten the prayer. Do you get less reward for shortening the prayer? No. no. You don't. Why? Because you're shortening it due to suffer. And whatever you leave because of suffer, remember you are still rewarded for it. Because if you were at home, you would have done it. Okay. Next chapter is going to be Kitabut Tahajjud. Hmm? And um, the thing is that knowledge is for... It is for... Action, And if we don't do amal on what we're learning, that that knowledge is a burden. It is an argument against us. In the Qur'an, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions an example of a people who were given the book, but they didn't really carry that book properly. Meaning they didn't implement it. So their example is like that of a donkey that is carrying books. Because a donkey doesn't benefit from the books that he's carrying. Isn't it? He doesn't understand it. It doesn't change his life. It's meaningless to a donkey. We don't want to be of those people who learn, but who've got nothing to do with applying what they learn. So before we begin this chapter, Kitab Tahajjud, I want that all of us, inshallah, we try in this week to perform Tahajjud at least once or twice as much as we can 
I know the nights are getting shorter, but still let's try to do it so that when we're learning, we actually benefit from what we learn. We can actually implement it. And this study will not be an argument against us, but it will be for us, inshallah. So your homework for this week is that you're going to try and pray tahajjud as much as you can, inshallah. Whether it's just two rakah or four, long qiyam or short, whatever that you can. But that is your homework, inshallah. Subhanakallahumma bihamdik, ashadu wa la ilaha illa anta, astaghfiruka wa atubu ilayk. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.